Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. What is your best Ram Furley Shield memory? What is your best Ram Furley Shield memory? Hey, flick us a message. Double eight, double three. Your best Ram Furley Shield memory. I've got a couple. Obviously, one I was in, I was involved in. One I was involved in. I'll share that with you after a wee break. But flick us a message. Kempi will have one. I've got one. And I want to hear from you. Double eight, double three, because Wellington Lions secured the Ramfilly Shield over my beloved Hawks Bay over the weekend. First time since 2008. Yes, can't wait. Question of the day. What is your best Ramfilly Shield memory? Uh, my least favourite was on the weekend when Wellington <laughs> took it off Hawks Bay. <laughs> Get the job done. TJ Pirinata, my good friend, he was on the show last week. Happy for him. Duplessy Karifi coming up after 8 o'clock. The Wellington Lions captain. Have a chat to him about it. I was lucky to play in a couple. We're going to get to the phone line because we've got Timmy from Christchurch on the line who wants to have a wee say about the Ranfilly Shield. Morning, Timmy. How are you, lads? Morning, ah, morning. Good, mate. Very, very good. What's, what's your best memory, mate? Oh, uh, yeah. So I was born in Canterbury, but I was raised in Tiano down in the deep south and then uh, moved back to Canterbury. So I sort of always followed Canterbury, but, you know, Southland was like my second team. Uh, and I was at the game where Southland took the shield off Canterbury. Okay. And, uh, mate, like, okay. that, was, that, was, that was epic. Like, I was, cheering on for, I was cheering for Canterbury at the start of the game, but just the way that the Southlanders got up and, and they, they were just so hungry and so into it and obviously... They never had the shield before, and when they took it away, mate, just uh, just to see that absolute unbridled passion and joy, it was pretty pretty amazing. I remember that, and I know Neeps remembers that too because he's actually sent the scoreline through on the camera. Was that nine three? Oh, a doozy! Nine three, a doozy of a game. It was that nine three. Twenty second of October, two thousand and nine, the day before my ninth birthday. I was allowed to stay up late and watch TV with Dad. Got the win. <laughs> How good, man! Jason Rutledge, the whole team, go the boys. <laughs> Did they hold Jason it for a couple Rutledge. of years? Oh, you know, hold it for long enough, Kimby. Held it for long enough. 
<laughs> oh, Timmy, thank you so much for your call, mate. Southland, one of the good ones. I remember that too. They went back down south and celebrated, enjoyed it. Invercargill united everyone. And Jamie McIntosh and uh, John Hardy. Have you ever watched that clip? John Hardy when they're at the pub and he ruins himself and he gets on the camera and he is... Well, had a few too many Coca-Colas as my good mate John Hardy and just gets uh, gets the cameras going. Yep, Southland's like one-hour milk. Yeah. Kempe, Kempe, you got a couple? You have a good memory of the Ranfilly Shield. Oh, mate, I go way back. I go way back with the Ranfilly Shield, you know, because I, I was brought up playing rugby um, and just loved rugby union. And my my earliest memory of the Ranfilly Shield was when the great Manawatu side held it for two years with Cowboy Mark Shaw on the side of the scrum, Mark Donaldson at halfback, um, Rollison at 5'8", that, that era. So you guys probably don't remember those names. It'd probably be the same age as your grandfather these days. But <laughs> the, the, green and, the green with the white hoops. Um, and, and only yeah. uh, liked it because they're from our region, you know, the Central Districts. And I used to play for Taranaki and we used to always play against Manawatu um, Whanganui, um, Taranaki and Hawks, uh, not, was it Hawks Bay? I think might have even came across for that one. Um, and Manawatu were always a team to beat. And then they went on that run with the Ranfilly Shield for a couple of years. And Cowboy Shaw and Donaldson and Rollison were just, I thought, outstanding, mate. And I used to um, tune into that. So got fond memories of that as a kid watching that. Um, and as an adult, obviously, Taranaki, the, the, the day they took the Shield off Auckland, it's always the one when they take it off Auckland, eh? Because yeah. Auckland either had it, Canterbury either had it, Wellington either had it um, yeah. back in my era. So when the, when the smaller um, provincial unions, Taranaki, Manawatu, um, went, and, went and played those teams and won the Shield, the thing about uh, Karifi when he picked that Shield up after the game, Izzy, and I just couldn't believe the passion that they still have today is they is the same as that 1976 Manawatu Renfrewley Shield team 1976. Whoa, man, that's 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 some that's some proud uh, mana in that shield, eh? Yeah, that's what it does, Kimpy. That's what the shield does, mate. It unites the city and people get right behind it. And I was a very proud Hawks Bay, uh, former Hawks Bay player, and used to live there, obviously. And just seeing the fans turn up. Week in, week out, 8,000 there over the weekend. So the Shield fever is well and truly alive. I hope Wellington Lions supporters can get behind the team and, and do it some justice. Canelo Alvarez, Alvarez silences critics this weekend as he defeated a faded Triple G with a unanimous decision in the third fight of their trilogy. The undisputed world super middleweight champion put on a clinic against the 40-year-old. He did look tired, beating him on all judges' scorecards and bouncing back from a, to- a tough loss against Bivol. The card was streamed live on Dazen, and we're very lucky to be joined live by Stephen Molhausen, a writer from Dazon Boxing. Morning, Stephen. Well, good afternoon here, and a good morning to you, Chad. How's everything going, mate? <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. good, mate. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Look... He did seem a little bit tired, Triple G, um, and he wasn't really able to impose anything on Canelo in the first seven rounds. Do you, do you feel it was like that, and was it too hard for him to come back after those first seven rounds? Oh, yeah, that was, you know, that was, I thought it was pretty much a clinic. First seven, eight mm-hmm. rounds, it was, it was 
all Canelo Alvarez, and you could see you could see the age difference. I don't even want to say it's mm. age. I think that has something a very little bit to do with it, but it's also the fact that Canelo, after being in the ring together for twenty four rounds, you pretty much know you pretty much know each other, even if it's four years since they last fought. You know they're older, maybe a little bit wiser. But at their core, they're still the same fighter. And all Canelo Alvarez really did was do what he did in that second fight and brought it here. He, that was the best game plan for him. Gennady Golovkin had to go back to the game plan that won him, without a doubt, the first fight. And Gennady Golovkin didn't do that. Canelo Alvarez imposed his will, showed Gennady Golovkin he didn't belong in the ring with him. Mm. The speed, the power... He was too quick. Golovkin looked old in spots, but then you can look at the last four rounds and be like, where was that Gennady Golovkin in the first eight rounds of the fight? I felt it was a little bit, Canelo took a little bit off the gas, as you could see in a lot of spots he took the foot off the gas pedal. I hit Canelo Alvarez winning the final round. I hit it 9-3. I know some people have had it 6-4, 7-5. Anywhere from... I think eight four nine three. You can even make a case for ten two, but I think anywhere really in between there. I think the scores are just about right. Mike Ganita, you talked on about just in forty years of age, the legend. He's done so much. Only two losses over forty fights. Where does he go now? Where, is there anything left for Ganita to prove? To me, there's not. I think to a lot of people, there's not. Look at what he's done. Two-time three-belt middleweight champion, 20 consecutive knockouts. The best middleweight in our era, I think, in the last 15 years. How I know we all define eras differently, but if you look at the last 15 years, it's Gennady Golovkin. If you want to say 20, it's him and Bernard Hopkins. You can make a case for either or as the greatest middleweight of all time. I, he he said in his post-fight interview that he wants to continue. I don't see the need. He's got enough money. I'm very intrigued on what Gennady Golovkin does next because he's got nothing to prove except if he wants just to Unless he wants to become undisputed champion. That's about the only thing I can see that he wants to check left on his box. Should he do it? That's really... That's really up to him. I would say don't do it. There, there's, he's got nothing to prove. The paydays are going to be less. Why do that when the, you're not going to be getting the same money he's been getting for the last couple of years fighting on the zone and also taking those first two fights with Canelo Alvarez? I just don't see the benefit here for Gennady Golovkin. If he wants to do it, cool. But if, if it's the Gennady Golovkin that showed up for the first eight rounds, He's going to get, he's going to get annihilated by whoever faces him next at 160. Yeah. If he fights like he did in the last four to five rounds, that Gennady Golovkin beats every middleweight in the world, in my opinion. So it's just, mm. it just depends on him, how he takes each fight, and who these opponents are. Because it's either going to be, oh God, Janabek. I forget his last name, but I, I everyone just calls him Janabek. He fights for top rank, and then. Then you got Jamel Charlo, so it's. I like to see if he's going to stay around. Nothing wrong with the Charlo fight. I think that makes a ton of money. It's a pay-per-view fight. It's one that is 
sellable to the fans. So there's stuff left for Gennady Golovkin, but he really doesn't need to fight any longer. Yeah. Talk to us about Delvery's and um, Bivol fight, the Bivol fight. Was Canelo just too small for this? Being, being about 15 feet from them blasting each other for 12 rounds, I think it was just bad preparation by Canelo Alvarez. I think he, a lot of, decides, I compare weeks. I look at this fight week compared to that week with Bivol. I thought he was too lackadaisical. He had in his mind, I'm just going to run through this guy. I heard the camp wasn't really the greatest. You know, he was taking Bivol very lightly. He was doing a lot of things that were uncharacteristic of him leading into that fight. Going into this fight, he had everything pretty much dialed in from talking to people at the zone, talking to people around his team. He had really everything tightened up heading into Saturday in. I think that's the best Canelo Alvarez. Keep it dialed in. Put 110%. Because if you look at when he fought Sergey Kovalev, to where he fought Beagle, you could see the body transformation is different. So if he goes back to the way he fought Sergey Kovalev, and he weighs in, I don't even think he has to come in at 175. I think if he just comes in at 170, 171, don't bulk yourself up. Come in at your natural weight. No reason to get that big. There's just, I've never seen the need of why fighters don't do that. Do what Roy Jones did. What Roy Jones did was the right thing, and Roy Jones became the heavyweight champion of the world. So if Canelo Alvarez does that, I think he beats Dimitri Bivol. If he goes back to that same game plan he tried in May with Bivol, if Bivol beats Zerno Ramirez, that's a one heck of a fight and, and a very tough fight for Dimitri Bivol. But if Bivol gets past that, that will be the fight made Cinco de Mayo weekend in 2023. Oh, so you see him go and have another crack at light heavyweight division soon. He, did he break his hand? Did he break his hand in that fight over the weekend? He so that's going to be a... He's got, he's got a hand injury. Didn't want to cut you off, guys, but just to make clear, he does have a, uh, does have a hand injury that he did suffer in camp. He wanted to gut yeah. it through. He didn't want this fight to get postponed because it's a fight every, the world has been waiting for. Everything looking at this fight is trending very, very well, so... I, there, there was reasons he wanted to stay on. That's part of it, and the fact that he wanted the fans to finally get this fight, and he can get him and Gennady can get closure of their own on this. So he's going to be out a while. He's going to have surgery. I'm told within the next month. So yeah. then he heals up, and he's going to be back good to go coming up some coming up that first weekend in May. Oh, beautiful. The boxing world is flying at the moment. So many good fights happening. You got obviously Wilder Ruiz. Being announced, AJ Fury uh, potentially taking place in December, but our very own Joseph Parker taking on Joe I Joyce am. this Sunday. Kevin Ioli come on and he declared Joe Joyce. What are you going to do, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, I remember when me and you, when we last talked, and I told you guys, yeah. we, you guys promised me we would talk before Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker, and you guys are. <laughs> More than you guys are men of your word, and I appreciate that. I'm going with Joseph Parker. I've seen nothing. Yes. And this isn't a disrespect, and I'm not saying it's because we're, we're, we're on it or nothing like that. I just haven't seen nothing from Joe Joyce that really gets me, gets me really jumping, gets me really excited. 
I know what I'm getting from Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker's been in the biggest fights. You talked about Andy Ruiz. He beat Andy Ruiz. He's mm. faced Andy. He was very competitive, I thought, against Anthony Joshua. He lost, but he was still highly competitive in that fight. He's faced high-caliber opposition. This is a whole new territory for Joe Joyce. He's no offense to Daniel yeah. Dubois, and I'm not even really sold on Daniel Dubois. I think he's nothing more than a, than a power puncher. But Joseph Parker checks every box to where Joe Joyce, I still don't know enough to where I can, you could feel confident in saying Joe Joyce is going to win this fight. I think Parker's the favorite. He should be the favorite. I think this is an easier fight for Joseph Parker than people realize. He's got, he's got, he's better technically. He's going to push Joe Joyce until those later rounds. And I think that's something people aren't talking about either. Joe Joyce hasn't gone the distance. It's either, it's either finish or finish. There's no in-between yet with Joe Joyce. We don't know how good his stamina really, really is. So it's going to be a great fight on Saturday. You guys are in for a treat. I think it's, I'm, I'm live-blogging it for the zone. That's how, I don't work during the day on Saturdays, but I am very excited <laughs> about this fight, and I'm going to be live-blogging it for the zone. So it's going to be a fun fight, but I'm going to go with Joseph Parker by decision. Steven, Steven, Steven. You're a favourite down here now, my friend. Thank you so much for sharing that little insight. Look, just quickly hey, no, before we I let like you go. You guys. <laughs> just that? quickly before I like people in the quickly. UK too. We're based, we're based in the UK, <laughs> but, you know, I you got to call a spade a spade, and I don't, I'm don't. i not a big fan of playing favourites, and you just look yeah. at the two, this, the more experience, more championship experience, I just think that's going to be too much for Joe Joyce, and I think so, I think Joseph Parker's going to get it done. The question: Why is everyone trying to avoid Joe Joyce? Why have they trying to be in, uh, try avoid him? Obviously, they some of them fear his power. Obviously, he's, he's, he hasn't got the quickest hands as Joseph Parker, but his power behind that punch would is devastating. So, yeah, I just can't understand like how how people are trying to avoid him. But you're saying that uh, he's 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 not that good as people think. I just don't – I haven't seen enough. You know, he started boxing late. He started late in the game. He, you know, just look at his starting point. You know, and he's not your traditional starting boxing when he's young and going up through the amateurs. And he didn't realize he wanted to do boxing until he was in his 20s. Testament to him, what meddled in the Olympics. You can't – I can, you can never take that away from anybody, the fact that you're able to medal in the Olympics. That is one heck of an accomplishment. But you just look at, he's really been fed, and kudos to Frank Warren, his promoter. Frank Warren's fed him pretty well. But boxing politics has also played a key part in Joe, Joe Joyce not really being tested. So the fact that they were able to make this fight is a testament to Joe Joyce and a testament to the Joseph Parker because they both wanted to fight, even though Joseph Parker went and signed with Sky Sports and Joe Joyce is with BT Sport, they were still able to, the guys wanted to fight, the fight was able to be made. That you don't, too much in boxing, and you guys know this, the promoters stick mm-hmm. their heads in too much. It's about what yeah. the fighters want at the end of the day. The, the fighters want to fight. No fighter is scared of anybody. I'm believe that to my core 100%. But the promoters get involved too much, and that's why we don't get these fights that should have should have been made 
or have failed to be made at this conjunct- at this point. So, kudos to both guys. It's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully, hopefully, your guy gets it done because yes, you, guys, <laughs> you know, you guys got you guys got Israel Adesanya in the UFC, and you can get another if you can get a heavyweight champion in boxing. Get another yes. one. It'd be a good way. To, you guys would be in a good spot. Yeah, the fight game down under is flying at the moment. We appreciate you coming on, Stephen Muhlhausen, the zone boxing writer, all things. He's declared Joseph Parker to get the job done on Sunday against Joe Joyce. Appreciate your time, Stephen. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Yes, legend. Appreciate it. Declaring Joseph Parker. He's dead right, eh? There's some egos when it comes to promoting. And they're at the front and centre, and well, reality is they don't even get anywhere near the ring. And they're in there, and they're all bloody... It's an ego off, anyway. Uh, great to hear from him. He's uh, declared Joseph Parker, our very own Ken Pete. Oh, my God. How to watch that. It's going to be a hell of a fight. Oh, Have you yeah, seen the good. antics going on on social media? Have you seen what uh, Joseph Parker's latest video? He's done a little trailer. Oh, it's very funny. Just go watch yeah. it. Hey, man, I, I think he's got a career in acting um, when he finishes up boxing. Like, it's all these little skits that he puts on. They're hilarious, mate. You know, he taking the karate, takes off the karate kid and all sorts of bits and pieces. Um, when was one, the, the, what's that one where the guy goes to, they go to Vegas for the wedding? The Hangover? Hangover. <laughs> the hangover. Oh, he's a, he's a clown, Joe Parker. But yeah, to, to hear one of the, I guess one of the good pundits declared Joe Parker in a fight up against Joe Joyce. Mm. Man, you get in that heavyweight, you get in the heavyweight, you get in the ring, eh? It's one punch. It's, you know, one it ain't punch. Canelo, Triple G dancing around, throwing jabs at each other. You get close mm. enough, they land one punch. Mate, change your life. But you're right, Is he big fights coming up. Dante Wilder, you know, he's throwing his hat back in the ring. Furry, Joshua, what about that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Doesn't get any bigger in the fighting game, Kimpy. And you know what? It, funny you say that. Joseph Parker, I was had to check the date. I was like, is it April Fool's yet? Because I've actually seen he's headlining a show, a TV show. He's actually put his hat in the ring to do an <laughs> acting. I don't know what it is, but I watched it and I was like, is this, is this true? Because I can't take him serious. I don't know if it's him doing another little funny skit or he's actually genuinely going and being a part of a show. But I think he's already done that, Kimpy. It's going to be interesting to see how... This week unfolds and any more daggers thrown from Joseph Parker to Joe Joyce's uh, down his way. Go have a look at his Instagram. You'll see a little clip he's done uh, towards Joe Joyce. It's one of the good ones. But that was Stephen Mulhausen from Zone Boxing talking the fight. Canelo, Triple G, Triple G, 40 years of age. And Adam Fahey is coming. Morena lads, gutted to see what GGG had left. Time for the legend to retire for me. And if anyone knows boxing, it is Adam Fahey. He loves the sport of boxing. That was some chat. Great to have him part of our show. Yes, welcome back. We're going to talk some running. Well, as the weather warms up, you may notice more people having a quiet jog around the park. Joey Bell will be, Kempe and myself. Um, uh, we'll just stick to the bike. One man who won't be going slowly, though, is Michael Voss, the 25-year-old builder who won his third consecutive marathon in Rotorua on Saturday, making him the first runner to do so in the event's 58-year history. We've got the champ on the line now, Morena. Michael, well done. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I'm still pretty sore now, but, uh, yeah, back to work. So 
Just have to get on with oh, it, I think. Mate, oh, we were just saying before, you obviously got a physical job anyway, so how do you find the time to go and run after carrying trusses, frames and banging the nails all day? Oh, oh no, I think you just, yeah, just kind of get on with it. Sort of, yeah, just get out after work and, yeah, the hardest bit's just getting out the door, but, um, yeah, once you're out there, it's, yeah, it's normally quite enjoyable, as it stays, of course, but, um, yeah, no, it's good fun. Hey, Mike, take us through the race, mate. You know, you like you obviously went out pretty hard and started to feel a little bit of pain, like 5,000 kilometres into your run and uh, cramped <laughs> up all over the place. And, I'm, you know, we, we've had some cramps, me and Izzy, um, but nothing like what you would have gone through. Take us through it. Yeah, so I sort of just cruised on out and then, oh, like within the first K, I already had like a couple hundred metres lead. So, um, yeah, I was, oh, might be solo for most of the race here and... Um, <laughs> yeah, I sort of just time-trolled it, and yeah, then at one point I got told I had about a 5k lead, so that was at about 30k in or so, so um, yeah, I knew that I'd banked a bit of time, and then uh, yeah, about 35k I just started cramping up a bit, I think I just didn't take on enough water or gels early on, and uh, yeah, it just caught up with me a little bit, so um, yeah, sort of had a bit of a walk and a bit of a breather, but um, yeah, it managed to go away by the time I got to the finishing Finishing straight and uh, yeah, managed to jog it in. But um, yeah, no. Apart from that, I'm happy with uh, how everything's out in the early stages. And yeah, it's just yeah, solo from the gun really. So just in my own race. <laughs> two hours twenty nine. The next closest two hours forty seven. So you had a wee bit of a lead, mate. <laughs> what were you What were you saying to yourself? What were you saying to yourself? Keep yourself motivated. And um, you know what next? What next for Vossi? Um, yeah, well, you just gotta yeah run your own race, and then um yeah I was getting told by people on the sidelines like oh you got a ten minute lead, and yeah I thought they were just taking the mickey. I was like oh no it can't be that big, like they can't be that far away. But um yeah I think just because I do a lot of my training by myself, sort of used to running, and yeah sort of just just focus on your own run. Um, coming up next, I'll be looking at Auckland Marathon. So I think that's in about five or six weeks now. So um yeah we'll hopefully get up there and. Yeah, I want to try to get under the 220 barrier or get the win there. I haven't won that one yet. So, uh, yeah, my best I've done there is second. So, um, yeah, we'll be uh, just recover this week and then hopefully get a few more uh, long runs and good training sessions in before we uh, start resting up for that one. Mate, there's a guy up here in Auckland that's been training under the radar um, for the Auckland Marathon. His name's Joe Bell, so keep your eye out for him. <laughs> he's, um, okay, well, got some, he's, he's running some pretty good uh, kilometre time trials at the moment. But, but what, oh, advice yeah? can you give, what, what advice can you give people preparing for their first marathon? Um, oh, just consistency. I know I get said a lot, but um, yeah, that would have to be the biggest secret. There's um, yeah, no... No other little secret tips or tricks that you can do. Just yeah, consistency is the main thing. As soon as you start getting a good stretch of runs and training weeks together, then um, yeah, the times and fitness will follow. So um, yeah, that would have to be my biggest piece of advice. Just yeah, consistency and just enjoy it. Really, don't put too much pressure on yourself. And I find when I do that, that's when um, yeah, I run and race at my best. Mate, well, we're talking of pressure. Do you feel like? There's going to have to be a decision made for yourself. You're obviously very good at it, and you, you know you're getting the results. So, is running going to take over? Are you going to give it a full time chance to go professional and maybe maybe make a life and career out of it? Um, yeah, well, I'm still quite young for 
sort of marathon mm. running, apparently. Like, I know some dudes don't hit their prime till 30 or mid-30s. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that I could go a bit further with it. But, um, yeah, I'm still just enjoying it at the moment. And my coach, Kim, says I'm still just doing my apprenticeship, really, just trying to yeah. build a good base while I'm young. And, yeah, hopefully in a few years down the track, I can sort of hang up the tools a bit more and, yeah, just focus a bit more on it. And, um, yeah, I'd love to make, like, a New Zealand team or... Hope you get to one of those big competitions overseas one day, but um, yeah, I'm definitely in no hurry. Just um, yeah, just enjoying it at the moment. Beautiful, mate. Oh, we're enjoying um, watching. Well, just hearing stories like yours, mate. A builder that is slogging away all day, going out and just running freakish times in the marathon for his <laughs> third uh, consecutive win, mate, uh, at the Rotorua Marathon, mate. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, Vossi. Uh, no doubt you got to get back to the tools. The boss will be. Pointing at his watch, saying hurry up, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, he was actually out on course on Saturday, um, right when I cramped up. So, um, yeah, I hope he has a bit of sympathy for me today. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> oh, beautiful, man. What, 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 are you, what are you doing at the moment? What, what do you got on the building site? What, what are you building at the moment? Uh, oh, we're just doing a bit of finishing trim. So, nice, clean indoor work. So, um, yeah, nothing too heavy today, but... Um, yeah, then I think we'll be on to decks later in the week, so start digging some holes for those, I guess. Oh, mate, surely you, you've done your apprentice. you got another little pup there that'll dig the holes for you? <laughs> oh, I don't mind today. you got to still pull your weight on site. <laughs> yes, beautiful, mate. Hey, Michael Voss, marathon runner, uh, go well at the Auckland Marathon. Joe Bell's got no chance, mate. He runs our kitchen. He's just started his running journey, but he's entered anyway. So all the best. Thank you so much. Well done. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And well, our next guest, maybe he would have chances on. It would have gone not too bad in the game of NRL because he can tackle anything that runs his way. Duplessis Karefi on Saturday night. The Wellington Lions overcame the mighty Magpies. Yeah, to get their hands on what many consider to be the ultimate prize in the NPC. But as you would expect, the Bay didn't go down without a, without a fight, making it a shield game to remember. wasn't until the 83rd minute with 14 men on the field could the Wellingtonians breathe a sigh of relief. The young captain, Duplessis Karefi, is with us now. Bright and early off what I can only imagine has been a hectic weekend. Morena, Duplessis. Morena, Izzy. Cheers, brother, for, for joining us. Hey, congratulations. Just quickly, where were you in 2008? The last time they won, you were probably only still a young pup. Uh, 2008? Oh, not sure, bro. I was just running around in Taranaki, barefeet, probably. <laughs> not doing a lot, bro. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Not hey, just, not just quickly. <laughs> Kempi's a Taranaki hardcore. Hey, hey uh, but honestly, well done. Well done, Dupasi, mate. Obviously heading to Hawke's Bay and, and getting the job done. Not many. It's been a, a bit of a fortress as of late, mate. But tell us about the week. You guys were fired up. TJ trying to take on the biggest bloke in the Hawke's Bay side. So you <laughs> had the, the right attitude there. Oh, we had a good week, bro. Um we're really happy with obviously winning the shield, but I think um, that game was 
was a byproduct of that whole season. We've been building really nicely. Um, you know, we um, turn up every week to get better, and we've got a really good group of young boys there that are keen and willing to learn. So that's all that we ask. And TJ taking on the biggest bloke in the field. Oh, TJ will take on anyone in the field, and you know that, as you say. Mate, he's, um, he's awesome for our team, and we love what he does for us. He um, leads by by example, and it's really cool to have him around. Yeah, man, that was a, that was an awesome um, finish to the game, uh, Duplessis. Mate, you're an old Fung Dung, old Francis Douglas boy. Um, that's that's come out of that that prestigious uh, high school in New Plymouth. Just what is it about the high school why it just keeps churning out um, fantastic footballers? Oh, that's a good question, actually, Kempi. Um It's not a big school. It's, I think there's a there's a roster of about 700 boys there. Um, mm. I don't know. It's just the values, I guess, we get taught at that school. Like, there's nothing flash. There's no scholarships. There's not a lot of money going around. It's um, we just get taught to work hard and and be respectful and and just earn your keep, really. And I uh, and I think for a lot of us, when we leave school and go off into whatever adult life looks like, it kind of does as well, eh? Mm. So. Yeah, that's just credit, I guess, to, to the way that they bring up the boys at that school. Yeah, you've churned out some absolute champions over the last couple of years, mate, and that have gone on and done some some big things. Say, so, uh, Dupesee, obviously, first time Wellington's had the had the shield uh, since two thousand and eight. So, what's the plan for the shield? I, I saw what it what it did for Hawks Bay. It really united the city. So, what, what's the plans for the shield this week? Yeah, you're right, bro. Um, I said yesterday to someone that whatever province the Shield goes to, it really like has a big impact on the rugby community. So we're hoping it does the same thing here in Wellington. It's obviously been a while since we've had it, so I think a few people actually don't really know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> but the plan for us, bro, is, is we've got Waikato this weekend. Um, yeah. And it's really the, it's a big challenge in front of us that we want to tick off. And I guess... Um, all going well. If we can do that, then we'll be able to do a few more things with the Shield. But for now, that's the focus for us, brothers, is we've got it. But the harder thing is, is actually keeping it. Just like just like Hawks Bay said to us after the game, they said, you know, we got it in the start, but for us to hold it for so long was actually, that was the challenging part. So that's our focus for now, brother. Yeah, that's, and, and you're dead right. You probably couldn't get a, um, you couldn't get a harder game coming up this week against Waikato will come down there thinking that they've got a chance to, to, to take that log back up to Tainui country. What do you guys need to do, uh, Duplessis, to, to, I guess, recover quickly? What's your, what's your guys' plans this week? No, I don't think we need to do anything different, to be honest, Kempi. I think we've been building nicely. We've obviously got to acknowledge the challenge that it is, and, and Waikato is probably yeah. one of the better... Well, probably the best team in the competition at the moment on form. Um, and saying that that's what rugby is all about, eh? we love to compete, we love to play the best, and if you want to win the whole thing, you're going to have to beat someone at the end, at the end of the day. So, look, we're just not going to do anything different. We're just going to acknowledge the challenge, turn up on Tuesday, work hard to be better, and, and try to put an 80-minute 80, 80 performance out on the field on Saturday. Just on that, I was I watched the game. You, you took on uh, Canterbury 
not too far uh, long ago, and and that was probably a huge uh, um, wake up call for you guys. But you've gone away and you've yep. made those changes, and you've actually started to get some consistency back into your game. What what were the things you learnt from that Canterbury game? The lessons that you've actually uh, fixed and bettered now to get the results to get where you are. You're second in the standings. I think that Canterbury game, bro, although it was a bit of an ugly one, was actually a good wake-up call for us as a team. Um, yeah, we've just gone away and worked at our game management, I guess, and, and what we're trying to achieve and how as a team we can build pressure through the through the 80 minutes. Um, and, I mean, we're not there yet, but on in a row at the moment, so I think we, we might be doing something right, but, you know... Yeah. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. We've still got two more games and, and hopefully, you know, playoff rugby. But if we um, if we sit back and say we're happy with where we are at the moment, we'd be lying. So just try not to trip up on that, brother, and just keep moving forward. Hey, Duplessis, moving forward, what, um, what aspirations have you got, mate? What's your goals that you've set? And when you were growing up, who was the bloke that you looked up to um, going through high school to be, be an emulate? Oh, Kepi, that's a good question, bro. I think um, look, any 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 person playing professional rugby in New Zealand has a goal to be an All Black. Um, and an All Black for a long time at that. So that's always that's always sitting there in the in the back of my head, brother. Um, and I guess when I was growing up, I was playing first time when I was a young fella. But I looked up to like Sunny <laughs> Bill Williams. Hey. And yeah, 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 I was playing. Five and a half back till I was at sixteen, um, so I was probably looking up like Sunny Bill Williams and stuff like that. But you know, it's pretty hard not to go past, um, you know, like Jerry Collins and Richard McCaw. Um, yeah, honestly, bro, we've been blessed in New Zealand with some pretty amazing rude players. So when I was growing up, there was no shortage of inspiration. Well, ah, oh, you would have been the best jackler ever to play first five if you were playing first five half back. <laughs> oh, TJ would have gave you a good run, but mate. So you just always love the contact era, mate. You would have been the best offensive ten in the country. Probably would have would have done us some wonders. Yeah, but I'd be, I was terrible at kicking, mate. So that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't kick it, run it. Don't kick it, run it. Hey, uh, Dupacy, just want to say congratulations on, on over the weekend. Obviously, it's a hell of a uh, achievement to head to Hawks Bay and get the get the job done. So, uh, mate, all the best. Now you got to hold on to it, and you're up against a wounded uh, Waikato team that they lost over the weekend. So it's going to be a tough one. But, mate, enjoy it. It's not very often you get to to relish in so much history that Shield has to offer. Nah, cheers, Izzy. Cheers, Kempe. It's um, yeah, it's awesome for Wellington, and I'm stoked for the boys. But job's not done yet. Looking forward to the challenge ahead, and um, obviously. Bigger picture is trying to win this whole entire competition. But cheers, boys. Thank you. All the best, brother. Dupasi Karifi, Wellington captain, getting the job done. And uh, hopefully they can unite a a city. Wellingtonians, get there. Support your team. They've created history and they want to keep carrying the journey on. So, yep, there he is. Dupasi Karifi, Lions captain, talking about the weekend and uh, taking on Waikato this weekend. Yeah, Francis Douglas, Kempi, has produced some... Some wow, champions as of late, isn't it? Oh yeah, mate. There's some good footballers coming out. There. Obviously, Conrad Smith is the the most uh, prestigious of of all old boys there um, over the years. But 
Yeah, man, it's not a it's not a big school. Uh, you know, my my nephew, I talk about that cross country. That's a school that he went to uh, through high school. But some good boys, mate. He's got a bunch of mates that all went to Francis Douglas down there in New Plymouth. They're so close. They go on what they call the Green Jacket Tour every year, which is uh, a golfing trip that the boys go on. Just all the uh, boys, if you've been to Francis Douglas, can join them on that sort of stuff. So, now. Duplessis right. They've obviously got something there where they can create an environment for um, people to to thrive. And it's not surprising. Not surprising he came out of uh, Francis Douglas. So I'll be pr- they'll be proud this morning. They they saw him lifting that that shield because they know he's a Taranaki boy. That's where his heart is, mate. Well, that's where all the Barrett brothers been. That's where Liam Coltman's been. That's where Conrad Smith's been. So they have something in the water there at Francis Douglas to produce some uh, All Blacks, some champion. I'm just trying to do some uh, some some searching there. I'm pretty sure that uh, there has been a few coming out of that. Other notable sportsmen attended Francis Douglas. Douglas, John Mitchell, All Blacks former All Blacks coach, Western Four Super Rugby. Conrad Smith, Frank Van Hottem. New Zealand football, Deacon Manu, Scott Fudestaller, who obviously played for the Wellington Lions and Melbourne Rebels. You got Carl Carmichael, Taranaki Rugby, King Country Rugby, Teorangi Walden. You got Kane Barrett as well, Ricky Riccatelli. And then you got Duplessis Karefi to, to ch- uh, round out a pretty solid uh, sporting background for Francis Douglas. So there you go, Kempi. And a message coming through from Dom who is a Mulu supporter, and he's always an advocate listener. Hope you're making the most of sleeping and sleeping with that shield, Karifi. The mighty Mulus will be pinching that bad boy this weekend. Up the Mulus. <laughs> River runs deep, baby. That is from Don talking. And then there's another one. Here's from Gaza. Izzy, don't forget we had the record for the shortest shield reign. Five or six days, wasn't it? Hope well he beat that, eh? Cheers, Gazza. <laughs> Gazza, Gazza, Gazza. Yes, we have. We have, but less we won it. Man, it takes a bit of luck, Kempe. You actually think about Tasman. Tasman haven't had a challenge for years. Haven't had a challenge for years. You think back to the last four years that I've had the squad they've had, the, the Ramfilly Shield, it takes some luck. It takes a bit of luck it for does. a team to get a challenge. I think they've had one in... Uh, Twenty odd years, I think the stat is made. It's um, it's difficult to to get an opportunity to play it, and when you play it, you got to be on. And well, Wellington were on, mate. But uh, can they hold it? Can they hold it up against a tough, Ooh, tough. Waikato team? That's going to be a doozy. Tough. Yeah, you're dead right, mate. They got the same. They well, they used to have the similar thing when I was growing up in rugby league called the, the rugby league cup, the New Zealand rugby league cup, and it was played b- between prov- uh, provincial leagues, and you know. I, we, we held it in Taranaki there uh, against all odds there when I was coming up. I was 16 when I was playing for Taranaki back then, and we had a young team. And we held it, mate. We, I think we held it for four games back then. Mm. But, man, it changes your whole attitude when that cup's on the line. You know, it wasn't just, oh, we're playing Canterbury, you know, um, we're playing Auckland, we're playing Wellington. It was like, we got the cup. We ain't giving that up. <laughs> so the Ranfurly Shield is that... 10,000 times personified. So I'm looking forward to that game, mate. I think Waikato will go uh, down in Wellington. I think Wellington get up. Geez, they were up for the game against Hawks Bay. I think they, they, it's going to be a good one. Of, well, another one of those must-watch games on the weekend. Mm. How do we fit that in? <laughs> we'll fit it in, Kempi. We'll fit it in. I'm looking forward to heading to Auckland and catching up with some friends and Farno 
and then enjoying the game Saturday night, followed by Waikato taking a one. And TJ Pitanala, the ultimate competitor. We had him on our show last last week, and great to chat him to him about Tereo Māori and the journey he's embarking on. But, man, he is an ultimate competitor. And for him to ch- ch- take on Joe Apikitoa, the biggest, the big prop, for the Wellens, uh, for the Hawks Bay Magpies, and try and have a go, and, and you have to watch it because up against Tyler flips him on his back, and oh, he was up against her. But TJ, he won't back down against anyone. He is the most competitive prick I've ever known. And when I say prick, it's because he is. He is a prick. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So we doubled it chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.